Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you once again for tuning in. You guys have been fantastic week after week and the support. And more importantly, you guys are sharing these episodes to the people that need to hear it as well. I want to thank you for that. And and I want you to know that I'm getting feedback where people are saying, hey, I listened to this episode and it changed my life, saved my life. So thank you guys. I'd like to get a shout out to our sponsors, Wasatch Recovery, Siegfried & Jensen, iHill Institute, Living Interventions Recovery and Veracity Networks. We also have some silent sponsors that didn't want to be mentioned. They just love the cause. They said that I don't, they don't need any recognition. So I'm still going to say that though. Thank you. I'm going to put that out into the universe and let you know how much I appreciate all of you guys. And and we've had some amazing guests on the show. It blows my mind. I can't believe we're five years into this and we're just cranking and so many people are being touched. And today is no different. We have Adam Nugent joining us today. Adam, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Todd. It's an honor to be here. Yes. Uh, Adam comes uh, highly recommended uh, from several people that I know that uh, absolutely love him. Let me give you a little background on Adam. He is the founder and CEO of Foresight Wealth Management, an award-winning full-service financial organization providing wealth management and financial planning for high network individuals and also small and large businesses across the country. Um, you manage over $1.3 billion in assets. That's, that's huge. <laughs> Four-time Inc. 5000 recipient of, the, of one of the top investment firms in the country. You're also the founder of, the, of Nugent Good News, a movement to spread positivity into the world. We were just talking about that off the air, how important and how much this is needed. Right. Yeah, hundred percent. It's contagious. It's contagious, yeah. and I can't wait to have our listeners know more about what you're doing there. You also are a contributor to Forbes Financial Council. You've been featured nationally in Market Wired, The Wall Street Journal, Yahoo Finance, Utah Business, Financial Financial Advisors, Good Things Utah, ABC, and many other outlets. Um, and then you're also the host of your own podcast, one of the top podcasts in Utah, Nugent Good News. And uh, so you get to be on the other end today, which is kind of nice, right? I know, yeah. <laughs> I get to learn the, the tips from you as I'm watching you do it from a, from oh, a hosting perspective. Okay, well, great. no pressure there, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, you have four boys. Um, you, you're, you're a go-getter. You, you live life to the fullest. And uh, you're, you're, again, you're one of the top wealth advisors and financial mentors in the country. And it's just an honor to have you be sitting right in front of me. So thank you, Adam. Thank you, Todd. Yeah. So why don't we start, uh, let's let our listeners know, where did you grow up and tell us a little bit about your childhood? Yeah. So I grew up in a, I grew up in Salt Lake, lived in Salt Lake for, um, you know, till I was eight or nine years old, middle-class family. My dad got a job to, in Chicago. So we moved to Chicago for a stint and okay. then kind of came back. You know, so most of my life, Salt Lake's been home. Okay. And I'm the oldest of four boys. You know, it's, you know, and I'm I'm the father of four boys. That's what I'm comfortable with. Um, it's the world that I know. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, you know, it's those that have sons. I mean, you know, it's just chaos all the time. I mean, you're the best of friends, worst of enemies, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just a fun upbringing. We're all very close. All my brothers are doing very, very well in their career. And, yeah, just, you know, kind of grew up in a traditional, yeah, 
middle class family here in Salt yeah. Lake. Yeah. So how were you as a kid? Were you uh, the, you know were you confident and outgoing? Were you more laid back? Yeah, great question. So we'll we'll get to this. So one of one of the big journeys that I've been on yeah. has been uh, on my per, on my health, my physical health, okay. as well as mental and sure. emotional and all of it, but specifically on the physical. So you know, and I've battled weight gain and loss, well, mostly gain for most of my life. I joke that I could have gone on Oprah for how much weight I've lost and gained for over all the years. <laughs> right. And it started at a young age. It started at okay. age nine. Oh, and wow. um, when actually we live in Chicago and, you know, and I've battled it for most of my life and all the emotions and things that come, come to that. Yeah. And so, you know, cause you asked like from a confident perspective, it was, you know, I've always been very outgoing. Yeah. Tons of friends, you know, ran, I was student body president in high school, just, very excelled in sports and athletics and different things. But, you know, behind the curtain, if you will, yeah. there was a lot of pain, a lot of lack of self-love, um, almost this Jekyll and Hyde thing. And, it, and it's continued really up until just here in the last few years as I've really dug deep on me yeah. and where the outward appearance of how I show up in public or how people see Adam versus what's really going on behind the scenes or at home or yeah. in many ways were two very different people. Wow. And, and coming into alignment with that and really working and facing the guy in the mirror with stuff that frankly I haven't dealt with most of my life yeah. has been a journey that's taken me places I never ever anticipated I would go. It's taken me to the lows of lows. It's given, it, it's also opened my eyes to the highs of highs. And it's yeah. like, I see life through a completely different set of lens lenses that I do now than I ever did for most of my life. For sure. Well, I definitely want to go over that journey because, yeah. um, Again, you're doing all these great things, and we're going to get into that. But I, again, we want people to, like, you know, Adam does look like he's got it all put together, but you know, behind the scenes, and I think we all can relate with that because we all have our struggles and this and that. So, this happens in ninth grade when things start to kind of you start struggling. nine years old, or excuse yeah, me, nine, nine years old. Yeah. Um, tell us, like, how was that? Were you, I mean, were you sad and depressed as you as you started realizing you're struggling with this? So it's interesting. There's a lot tied to the age of nine. So okay. um, what's interesting, I didn't, you know, I didn't have really awareness around it. And so what, it, again, you can pinpoint things. I broke my arm and then I had my appendix. So I was out for a while. So I was this, you okay. know, kids are active. I was inactive. Yeah. And one of the ways that I used to cope through things was through eating. Well, my parents, bless their souls, like didn't know what to do with their oldest son here. He's putting on weight. So they got the advice from a pediatrician at the time that, hey, you need to help him exercise and so forth. So my parents bought this trampoline, believe these little mini tramps. Oh yeah. It was a joke for years. <laughs> right. Well, so they'd have me jump on this thing at night. So what happened is, and just even here recently, in the last few years, yeah. I've had to work through some of the stuff with my parents. Like why yeah. in the heck did you introduce, why did you make my weight such a thing at such a young age? Right, yeah. And it became a stigma for me where I feel like a nine, and I have a, my youngest now is 11. But, you know, when I had a nine-year-old, I can't imagine bringing attention to it like my parents did. And again, yeah. it, it was from a place of love. Sure, they're doing their they're best. They're doing their best. And they yeah. got advice from the pediatrician. But all of a sudden, I had a stigma around it. And I, I felt that I was less than because of yeah. uh, of that. And it, that I would say that it was and it's when we were living in Chicago. So it's that 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 is a pivotal moment in my life that kind of put me on a trajectory that I, you know, looking back on it, it's like I can understand it. Like, here's this. Yeah. This this thing that sounds silly today, like from a trampoline incident, but it, again, it was just awareness around it. And from that moment on until here, just recently, it's been it's been a battle I've dealt with for most of my life. Yeah. Wow. Well, and I'm glad you said that about your parents. I mean, they're doing the best that they can. They came from a place of love, 
There's an old Latin proverb that says, believe that you have it and you have it. And so in that moment, you started believing like, oh man, I got something wrong with me. You know, I'm less than or whatever the oh, yeah. exact the words less were, than, right? Yeah, lack of self-love. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not as good as anyone else. And then just the sh- there was even shame around it. I mean, just, yeah. the, I mean, so many emotions. Like, So talk about what, you know, move on from there. And like, how did this affect your behavior in school and just with relationships as you were growing up? And talk about what, you know, the maybe the challenges you went through. Yeah, so, you know, accelerating as you get older, it be I became self-conscious of it. And to the point to where, Again, I was really outgoing. I was, you know, very social, had lots of friends and everything. But there was a component or an element of me that held back. Yeah. Right. Especially right. even when it came as you get older into junior high and high school and you're starting to date and you're getting into girls. It's like, well, I'm not enough. Yeah. And again, you know, it's, I don't look a certain way. And I mean, it just, you just start to have this, this, this belief pattern. And yeah. I believe that the most attractive quality that any one of us can have. I mean, if there's a, there's a number of them, but I think the number one that can, that shows up is confidence. Ooh, I love that. So confidence is sexy. It's attractive. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do people, we do business with that are comp. I mean, there's, it's just, you want to be around people that are confident, not arrogant. Yeah. There's a difference. Sure. You know? Yeah. And so where there was just a lack of confidence, yeah. you know, it, it, which was interesting because if, and I don't even, I wasn't really open at that time for years where I even shared my feelings around a lot of this stuff. Yeah. So again, if you want to call them demons or like this voice in my head that was like, you're not enough, you're not good enough, tons of shame, yeah. guilt. It, again, it's lack of self-love. I think the core of all of who we are, like if you peel all the layers back of anything we're working through, it comes back to how how we see ourselves and how we love ourselves. So from a confidence yeah. perspective, lacked it, didn't mm-hmm. have it. But yet in other areas of my life, I was crushing it, whether it was yeah. in sports, student government, you know, in different areas, friends which was wild to think that like I could yeah. have this whole other side of me that, that, <laughs> yeah. you know, people didn't see or I, it was just this ongoing battle in my head yeah. for most of my life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, you've very well said, Adam. And I think a lot of us are, could relate with what you just said. You know, I was, I was really good in this area in my life, but these areas, man, I really struggled, you know, and it goes back to those beliefs that you had formed because of, you know, the things that you had gone through. Right. Yeah. All goes back to that little trampoline mom and dad. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. It's not their fault. It's not on them. Yeah. I just, I can laugh about it now, but yeah. But again, you're a young kid. You don't know how to handle it at that age. You just start thinking, wow, you know, I guess something's wrong with me and I'm just, I got to do yeah, it. My this. brothers can eat anything they want. They don't yeah. put on weight. They got metallic. It's funny. Yeah. Even my kids, I mean, they can, they, everybody around me, it's like, I was the only one. And of course I'm not, but at, at the yeah. time I had this like, poor yeah. me, I was a martyr. I had this martyr sure. victim mentality for a long time, specifically around that. Yeah, victim mentality. So you you've gone through this. You know, when did things start to change, or did something happen that made you finally go, okay, I got to start really working on this? You know, talk about that transition. If you know when that happened. Yeah. For you. So this internal battle, again, stemming that my worth was based upon how I looked in the mirror. Um, that has been an ongoing thing. I would say up and you know I'm 44 now. Yeah. Up until just the last, I would say honestly, the last two to three years, as I've been on this huge. Um, transformational journey. I, right. um, about five years ago, four or five years ago. Um, well, no, actually take a couple steps back. So I, I, I actually divorced. So I've, I've been divorced now about four or five years. So okay. that was one big pivotal moment in my sure, life and yeah. going through that. Yeah. Um, but prior to going, prior to getting divorced, there was this moment again, that 
victim martyr mentality where it's even with my mm-hmm. my ex my co-parent which today we're really great friends like it's i mean i wouldn't wish divorce on my worst enemy sure yeah. and i'm grateful for all of it because yeah. she's in a better space i'm in a better space and we're better now than we even were when we were married oh, which is that's beautiful good to hear. i'm glad but getting back on that where i was a mess and i kind of i had this this thought or the shift come in uh or idea come in my head i'm like i gotta i gotta quit making this about everybody else this is about me Mm-hmm. So I called, a th- I, I was referred to a therapist. I'm a huge advocate for therapy. Yeah. Um, and prior to that, it's like for me to go share my feelings with somebody, it's like, oh no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <right>. yeah. <laughs> or even being open or even ha- the thought of even doing this podcast five or six years ago, be like, oh, no way. I'm no running from way. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so honestly, and I, I called the therapist. She goes, why do you want to come in? And I, and I quote, I mean, I won't, I said, I want to figure my stuff out. You know, I want to figure out what in the heck is going on? Yeah. And yeah, it was six or seven years. And that was the beginning of my inner work, if you oh, okay. will. Yeah, sure. And, love that. you know, my girlfriend now, she's an amazing woman. She said something, you know, even before we were dating, you know, which resonates big time. And she says, I believe that the, your outward appearance is a, is a manifestation of what's going on on the inside. Sure. You know? Yeah. And the truth is, is like, as I've shed weight, you know, as of recording this podcast, I've lost now over 120 pounds. I mean, yeah. I was a big boy. You look, you look phenomenal. Thank you. Seriously. Um, but prior to that, um, but the work comes, I mean, again, it's, it's calories in calories out, but yeah. I've been working on healing the inside. Yeah. And as I've healed the inside, it's amazing how much weight and how much our body actually manifests to us physically, whether it's aches and pains, yeah, you know, anxiety. I mean, there's a number of different things that are that get physically manifested. Like we don't maybe necessarily know what it is, but the truth is, there's pain, there's trauma, there's something there that's creating that. And when we can get to the point and identify that, yeah. that's where you're able to release it. And for me, it was just this shedding process of just layers and layers and years and years of just yeah. um, old beliefs, trauma, you know. Um, that and again, it's the knowing that I'm enough. Yeah. Because I did not believe I was enough. My therapist, the you know, the first one I went to, she asked me, you know, and, and would ask me repeatedly, she goes, do you feel like you're worthy of love? I couldn't even answer the question. Oh. I couldn't even say, I mean, to me, it's like, oh, hell yeah, I'm worthy of love. Everybody's worthy. But at the point I lived at that, point, at that yeah. point in life, I could not even answer the question. Yeah. And I would challenge the listeners hearing this right now. Have you ever felt that way? And I bet most of you have on some level. So I think it's unfortunately very common but man, to hear hear you say that, because at this time, this was four or five years ago. Yep, I would assume that you're still pretty successful in business. Things are going in a good direction. There. Yeah, we're business. Yeah, my our businesses was growing, and yeah, and again, part of I mean, and I'm grateful for it too, because we I was in a in an unhealthy communication skills, whatever. I mean, we just weren't in a healthy marriage, and so one of the things I got fulfillment at work. It filled my it filled my cup. So it's yeah. like I was grinding and I was working. And again, trying to find the balance of that and being in a marriage, it, it it also took a toll on a marriage because sure. I'm working all the time. Because you're always working. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, so the business is thriving. It's doing that. It's just how I'm coping through my emotions. I'm exactly. numbing and food yeah. was my drug. I yeah. mean, at the end of the day, yeah, that if, you know, eating was my addiction, food was my drug. Yeah. And it just, that's that's how I coped. If I, if I got stressed, I was eating. If I was happy, I was eating. Wow. Um, and that doesn't serve anybody. And it's just like, I even, there was a moment here, even a few months ago that I, I ate, I overate. I don't know. I, I just ate something crappy for the day and how I felt, I just started crying. I'm like, I used to feel like this every day. 
like just so grateful for the awareness around it now. Um, I just, I feel very fortunate. Man, that's beautiful. Well, I love what your girlfriend said about how our outer world mirrors our inner world, you know? And there's a beautiful quote by James Allen in his book, As a Man Thinketh. He says, uh, men are anxious to improve their circumstances, but they're unwilling to improve themselves. They therefore remain bound. And and really you were bound until you started doing that inner work, right? Like you could you could work hard at your business, do all this, because you are. You're a hard worker, obviously. You wouldn't be where you're at, but it wasn't taking care of what you needed to until you went inside. Yeah. And I, it's interesting. There's been moments in our life, I, I become it overly, what's the word? I've become so hyper-focused, so mm-hmm. aware. aware of accountability. Yeah. So I, you know, in work, you know, if let's say for example, so I have an investment firm and if I had a, a client that was calling and let's just say, honestly, I spaced it to call them or right. whatever. I'd be yeah. like, Oh, I just, I'd make an excuse. Oh, a meeting ran late or whatever. I mean, at the end of the day, I just forgot. Yeah. And I read a book. It's <laughs> called, it was, I can't remember who the author is, but it's called getting naked. And it's a phenomenal book. It's, it's, it's not a true story, but it's, it's basically yeah. how this advertising agency this small advertising agency that's like they wear Birkenstocks to work, shorts, you know, T-shirt. They're just really laid back. And this big, you know, Wall Street firm ends up buying them. Okay. And the guy that keeps losing business to them gets assigned to this company and goes, go find out what their secret sauce is. Yeah. And he can't believe that they're giving things away. I'm a big advocate and kind of paying it forward. So they're just helping people, helping people before they even come clients. But there's this moment where one of the women is presenting to this board in this company and she's screwing up and the room's getting upset. People are freaking out. And this guy that's overseeing me, he's like, all right, now we've got him. Now she's right. going to fail. <laughs> and she stops the meeting. She goes, you know what, everyone? I've, I've totally messed up. She just owned it right there in that moment. She's like, I'm screwed up. I've taken you down the wrong path. Everyone in the room's yeah. like, oh, no big deal. The thing turns and she ends up like doubling or tripling what she would have done otherwise. Right. And the, so there's this whole dialogue behind the scenes saying like, wait a minute. She owned it. She took accountability. Yeah. You know, and it was interesting. That was a real pivotal moment for me. So, for example, now when a client calls mm-hmm. or whoever calls, is like, I forgot. Like, I'm if I, you know, forgot to do something, right. I'm not going to make, I don't make excuses for it. And I, you know, with that same vein, if you want my personal life, I just started to take accountability. I had to own my part of it. And the only thing that any of us have in control, or for me, Adam has control over, is me. Yeah, I have zero control over anybody else, even my right. kids. Yeah, I can say go do this or do that, but at the end of the day, they get to choose. Yeah, and so I became, I'm just that's my number one thing. Even with my boys, my sons, I'm like, I mean, I have two major rules with them, and it's like, don't act entitled, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and be accountable. Wow, own it always. I love that. Thank you, Adam, for sharing that. That's beautiful. You know. Um, in this treatment center where we're live at right now, um, one of the things we, we talk, I talk all the time about accountability and I, uh, one of the blessings or gifts would, you know, per, that you would say that you get from accountable, being accountable is suffering stops. See, when we don't take accountability, like if that, if she wouldn't have said I screwed up and just try to play some story, well, you know, this happened, you know, there's some uneasiness, there's some anxiety behind that. They're suffering. Because you're also not in alignment. Yeah. And so as soon as you become accountable, suffering stops. Yeah. Isn't that cool? And it's and it's hard. It's yeah. not, I mean, I, it's I'm saying, like, hey, it's big, I'm accountable for everything. No, it's not. I mean, I still check myself on a daily <laughs> right, basis. Like, too. all right, is this mine? And and, and yeah. even 
And I'm grateful to have people in my life that when I feel like I'm being accountable, I'm really not owning my part of it. And then like you get yeah. checked. I mean, I think the greatest thing that we can do is surround ourselves with people yeah. that support and love us, but then also will check us yeah. that aren't, you know, I think having everyone that says yes to everything you do or like, yeah, I agree. I agree. It's like someone that challenges you and questions you. I mean, that's where growth comes from. Yeah. And so I'm grateful. I have a lot of people in my life that check me when I'm, you know, not in that space <laughs> right. or even when I think I am. Yeah. And, and it's a dance. I, I mean, it. we're all figuring this out as we go. For sure. And, and I'm grateful for the journey and it, man, it has been a ride. Man. Yeah. You, we talked off air. You, you called it kind of like a love of self, uh, journey, yeah. loving yourself again. And so that's obviously a process. I'm assuming now you do like love who you are oh, and yeah. what you've become and everything you've gone through. Talk about that journey a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, it's the, my girlfriend now, Kate, that we're dating today. We, before we were dating, we were friends, you know, for about 18 months before we started dating. Anyway, we got introduced to a coach that it was where I'm a huge advocate of daily gratitude journey. So I got introduced to kind of gratitude yeah. and all of that. But one of the, one of the modules, if you will, we're like, Hey, let's do this together. It's like, okay. Um, was around the power of words and it was around mirror work. Hmm. So one of the mm -hmm. assignments on a daily basis is you had to write down 20 I am statements. So like I am beautiful, I am smart, yeah. I am sexy, I am whatever, yeah. successful, I'm a good dad, I'm a good husband, white, whatever. And then you had to go to the mirror and say them right. to your, you had to look at yourself and say the things. Yeah. So I'm like, so, and she's one, like if she, commits to do something, she's going to do it. Yeah. Not, like she's one of those people, <laughs> Yeah, which again, helps me be accountable in that. Well, in that moment, we didn't know each other very well. We, um, I write down the 20 things. I'm at my house doing it. I can't even say it. I can't look in the mirror. I can't mm. say I'm worthy. I can't say right. I'm, I'm beautiful. I can't, I can't say any of it. It was too painful. Le legitimately. I couldn't say it. Didn't believe any of it. You know? So then she'd check in with me like, how's it going? I'm like, Oh, I got time. I mean, I just sit up and make excuses. Yeah. The truth of the matter is it was too painful. Wow. Couldn't do it. It was like the guy I saw in the mirror disgusted me. I was like, I wasn't enough. Yeah. Like, you know, and just so many just horrible feelings. I mean, what's crazy is like, I'm a lover. Like I love people. I show for people, but it's like, yeah. but for myself, I mean, I wouldn't treat my worst enemy, you know, the way I was talking to myself or treating me, my, you know, yeah. my inner dialogue which is wild. I think all of us have an issue. I think all of us struggle with the inner dialogue in our head. For sure. Um, Absolutely. So again, on this like self-love journey, it's just, but I got, I got tired, you know? And it's yeah. like, I, I wanted my life to change. I wasn't happy. Like, and I'm like, I don't, I got to a point where it's like, what I'm doing is not working. Mm -hmm. I'm the numbing's not helping the food. None of it's helping. I've got to shift and got to change. I got so uncomfortable, so uncomfortable there was, and there's been multiple moments, but it's like the light bulb goes off and I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. And, and in many ways, like even someone that's addicted to, you know, someone might be sure. alcohol, whatever, ever, I believe all of us have an addiction of some kind. Yeah. I think all of right. us find ways to numb, cope, yeah. whatever it happens to be. And sure. I feel like there's judgment on, yeah. you know, with food, obviously you could see it as I was walking around, Yeah. but you know, there's judgment if someone's alcohol drinking, but there's other addictions. It's, I mean, the yeah. list goes on and on and on and, sure. and there's not judgment to someone, you know, the person that's exercising 15 hours a day. Right. And they can't even functionalists are doing that. I mean, right. there's no judgment there. Society doesn't shame that. Right. But if someone's, you know, smoking three packs of cigarettes a day, they're the bad or I mean, it's, it's wild. Just the, <laughs> what yeah. society says is, is bad in quotations, not bad. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, I've just, I was able to start to shift my emotions. And so when I all of a sudden got triggered or emotions, or I had those feelings. 
I'd go work out. I'd start, I'd, I'm a huge advocate for breath, meditation, yeah. mindfulness, daily gratitude writing. Um, I, you know, I referenced earlier, I started doing that, you know, a few years ago. That is life changing. And what I found yeah. with daily gratitude writing, it's not only writing down the things, you know, like I'm grateful for my boys, my home, sure. whatever. Yeah. I write and express gratitude for what's stressing me out, what challenges I'm mm. facing. Ooh, I love that. For what what obstacles that I'm I don't know how I'm gonna get through or how I'm gonna overcome. And what's wild, Todd, is that the energy the energy mm-hmm. around that shifts. Yeah. I go from like DEFCON five to something to like all of a sudden it's DEFCON three. I mean, it's it's wild by just writing it out yeah. and even saying it out loud. Like I'm grateful for that challenge. I'm grateful for this problem. I'm, and because I believe we always are in choice. Yeah. And even though we, sometimes you don't think we are, for most of my life I didn't think I was in choice. I didn't even understand and realize that the pain yeah. and everything I had was my own doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to blame this. I wanted to blame that. <laughs> but the truth is, it's all me. It's all you. So facing that guy in the mirror and doing that. And I think for any of us facing the person in the mirror is the hardest work we'll ever do. Yeah. And I believe it's too painful for most. It was, I'm, I wish I would have known how to do this 20 years ago, for sure. 30 years ago. Yeah. But, Boy. Um, but it's the most rewarding. It's the, the, that light at the end of the tunnel. It is priceless. Yeah. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. I'm grateful for you, Adam. I really am. I actually have on my wall there. You have the dignity to choose. I think it's the ultimate power that we possess and we take it for granted. Um, not that we don't need help, but you, you said it so beautifully that you know, it does come down eventually. I've got to make a decision to do something different. And you did. That's really cool. So um, you're raising four boys. Um, you've obviously teach them not to be entitled, right? And, um, and then to take accountability. What are some other principles that you're teaching them through this journey that you've gone through and you're trying to help them go through? Yeah, I want kind. Mm. Um, you know, I, I mentioned the entitlement part of it. I think kids, I mean, I didn't go on a plane uh, until I was 17. It's the first time I went on a plane. I mean, right. growing up, we, I mean, our road trips were to Southern Utah and the minivan. <laughs> I mean, not even right. the minivan. We had a station wagon. Like we weren't even, we just didn't. And my kids were on planes when they were two months old and three months old. And they've seen, they've traveled to so many places and experienced so many things that I never had an opportunity to experience. So entitlement, I think sometimes it's like, there's this expectation behind it that it's like, oh, it's, it's always going to be like that. It's like, no, I've worked hard to get to where we're at. This wasn't given to me. Like this is, you know, money isn't given, it's earned. So it's trying to teach them the principle behind that. One of the challenges I have is I want... On the flip side, I want them to experience all these. I want yeah. to create opportunities. I'm a huge experience guy, but I also want them to learn the value of hard work. Mm. The greatest gift my parents, if I look back on all of it, the greatest gift my parents gave me is we didn't have excess money to do anything. Right. I got my first job when I was 10, like just down the street, helping put labels on a local business newspaper. Yeah, wow. Like I had to do that to earn money. I did. There was some, there were many times where there was an excess cash to go even to a movie. So I had to earn my own money. It's the greatest gift my parents ever could have gave me. And I, I, I'm in conflict with that sometimes, but I love it that my boys that are old enough to work, they've got jobs, you know, they hate asking for money. Like, it's just, I'm grateful because I feel like, again, they have a very different lifestyle growing up yeah. than I did. And it's, they're still able to learn the value of hard work. So yeah, entitlement, accountability, own it. Yeah. I don't, and other thing is like, don't lie to me. Yeah. 
Don't yeah. lie to me. Because we have this whole thing we call, you know, from the movie Meet the Fockers, the circle yeah. of trust. <laughs> so we have exactly. the circle of trust. And I'm, yeah. and I'm very honest and open with them. They yeah. ask hard questions, you know, that I probably would never have a- answered and, you know, Adam 1.0. Yeah. But they ask hard questions. I'm open with them about everything. Yeah. And when I ask them, we have this agreement. And they're really open. And I think some of the things that they share as teenage boys and life and everything that's going on, yeah. I think some parents would be like, woo. Yeah. And there are moments where I'm yeah. like, okay, what do I do with this? Yeah. But I'm grateful for it because we have, there's trust that's been built in there because I'm showing up. I'm asking them to do something, but I'm showing up in that. Right. Right. I think the best way we can lead as parents or business leader, or whoever that, that is looking to us is leading by example. Wow. Beautiful. I love that. Well, there's so much I want to talk to you about, Adam, but I do want to get into your good news movement. Talk about what that is and why did you start doing this? Yeah, great question. So, you know, in your intro, I mentioned that I'm, you know, I, so I own an investment management firm, a wealth management called Foresight Wealth Management. Very successful. We've got clients all over the country. We've done very, very well. And one of the beautiful, beautiful things that I love the most about being in this industry mm-hmm. is getting to work with people and getting to know their stories. I'm, I yeah. love, yeah. I love storytelling. I love hearing stories, and you know, we'll have people that have come in and we're helping manage their assets. Whether it's you know, many times it's they've sold a business or could be an inheritance or it's stuff they've earned along the way or what have yeah. you. But these these sto- or rags to riches stories. I mean, the stories are incredible. What people don't realize is sometimes they'll see, you know, someone really popular you know, have yeah. this multi million dollar exit, and they think, oh my gosh, how do they do that? I don't know, you know there's no way or like they're better than me. And what people don't realize is, and you get, we get to intimately know these people, our, our clients is that particular person might've had a gun in their head multiple, or excuse me, in his yeah, mouth multiple right. times, had yeah. four mortgages, marriage, kids cost them. I mean, the toll that it took, it took to, to, get, to there. get there yeah. and the risk that it took to get there yeah. and pain. I mean, so many stories around it. And there's a, Again, we put, I think we tend as a society to put celebrities and other people on a pedestal, but don't realize like they're human, just like the rest of us. For sure. And they have their own struggles and demons and things they're working through. And so the movement, if you will, was really the, the idea came behind. It's like, we got to have a medium or a platform to be able to share people's stories Yeah. and share like not only their successes, but like what you know, what obstacles did they overcome? What pain did they have to go through to get there? I believe what defines us are not our successes; it's the challenges that we're felt yeah. that we're faced with, and how yeah. we overcome how we overcome them. That's yeah. those are the defining moments: the successes, the awards, the accolades. That's just a result of the hard right. work that we had to do. Yeah. So, Nugent Good News is the name of the platform. Okay, we've got you know we've got a digital and a paper magazine that we send out, um, and we just share stories. And it's all about you know there's business success stories. It's your you know I reading on your uh, kind of on your bio right uh-huh. the, the, the lemonade stand kind of oh, moment yeah. we oh, yeah. we share lemonade stand stories right on. you know we're on all the major social platforms we got a whole incredible team that manages and does that That's we have awesome. you know just like you we've got a podcast that we run you yeah. know and it's we're just sharing cool stories about cool people yeah well and, and i totally get that because I, I love doing this yeah I mean, i'm sitting here face to face with you and, I, and i'm going i get to see you face to face and hear this from you how cool is that? It's awesome. Like we're connecting, man. I get to know you better, and it's just, yeah, I love, I love it, and I love that you're you're sharing good news because there's a lot of good out there, and it's unfortunate most news stations will show all the negative because again, that gets people to watch, and but it's it's good that you're doing that. We need so much more. Well, of that and right how now. many people do you know that like I don't watch the news? It's too negative. It's oh, yeah. too this, and even. Yeah. 
it it drives me crazy what major news outlets do because they headlines have to be captivating. Yeah, you know, to. like in the investment world, you'll see a, a headline: <laughs> markets crashing. It's like, oh my gosh, the markets are crashing, and it's like, oh, it's down a half a percent. It's like, <laughs> I mean, come on, get right. easy. You're giving me a heart attack yeah. for no particular reason. So it's, <laughs> but but it's. The, and people are just kind of put off on it. And also coming out of this global pandemics and some parts of the world are still really in it. Yeah. It's like it, the world's been plagued with negativity and we're yeah. in a very polar, polarized society. Yeah. And if we can find a silver lining that kind of brings us all together and just like that, those butterflies, the feel good stuff, the tears streaming down your face. I mean, that's ultimately what we're trying to do is we want to, the, our mission is to share, you know, positivity and be part of the good news movement. Wow. I love that. It's so cool that you're doing that. So, you know, you're obviously, you know, you've got this wealth management, uh, full service financial organization. How long have you been doing that? And, and why did you get into that in the first place? Yeah, that's a great story too. So I, I had no intention to get into this industry. So I, going back to college days, <laughs> I wanted to go into the restaurant business. I love people. Okay. And here locally, I was working, you know, I was getting, actually I was going to the University of Utah, you know, and I, was, I had registered at UNLV to go into hotel and restaurant management. I was working at a local restaurant, Lakai here, which is for those that are in Utah, mm-hmm. you know, it's a popular, you know, high-end restaurant. Anyway, the, I was uh, always working with people, made great money. I was going to have this vision, open my own restaurant and do all of it. Well, I was, I was bartending a wedding that nobody was drinking at. And one of the kitchen managers walked out in the middle of just, I mean, there were hundreds and hundreds of people there. So I went in and cranked out the salads and the desserts and did all that. Yeah. And so the owners offered me this, what they called a pantry manager position. It was okay. like, yeah. I was 22 at the time. It's like 28 grand with benefits. I'm like, I don't need benefits. Like 31,000. I'm like 31 grand and I'm 22. You're like, yeah, please sign me up. Yeah, right. And then, <laughs> um, but then what happened is I was behind the scenes, not working with people. And I learned to hate the restaurant business, mm. loathed it. And so my father was a lifelong life insurance guy. Swore I'd never get into that industry. And the, it's, it's ironic now that, you know, I've been divorced, but it, I was newly married She'd go to work at 6.30, come home at 2.30. I'd go to work at 2.30. We never saw each other. So in an effort to kind of save my early marriage and kind of work through that, I I quit. I had to borrow some money from my grandfather. Yeah. Bless his soul. And he yeah. he lent me some money so I could make the transition. So I started doing insurance. This okay. is 21 years ago. Oh, wow. And, um, and then got, you know, securities license thereafter. Just had an act for it and just took off from there. Wow. Isn't that cool how things, when you look back and go, man, look how that, that dot connected with this dot and that dot connected with this. and Yeah, I know. had no intention of getting into this. None, zero. <laughs> Literally, I was going to own a, a Chevy's Fresh Mex Mexican restaurant or a, I don't know, I was going to open my own. I mean, I had all these. And wh- that's still a bucket list item for me. But but yeah. in a, from an investor perspective, yeah, if the manager walks out in the middle of the shift, no <laughs> one's there, it shuts down, my life doesn't get affected by it, whatever, I'm all in. But yeah. <laughs> other than that, I have no desire to, you know, to work in a mesh, in a restaurant. Well, now your, you know, your firm manages over 1.3 billion in assets. I mean, to think that how that started to where you're at now. Yeah, it's wild. And how cool it is that your grandpa believed in you enough to, you know what, I'm going to help you out. Here you go. And that little bit of help led to this. Oh, yeah. Isn't that cool? It incredible. It was I I remember it, I needed sick I didn't even know how I was going to do it. He, I go, Grandpa, I need six grand because I figured like, <laughs> he's like, I'm not going to give you six grand. I'll give you 2000 a month for three months. And I'm like, okay. I mean, it saved me. But by that time, I was, again, yeah. very fortunate to be able to start making money, you know, relatively quickly with the industry because yeah, sure. I worked hard. But it was like, again, I'm, how old was I? 23, 24. I don't, just young. Yeah. So it, um, yeah, I just like, I, I feel very blessed and fortunate just the way it all kind of took off. And I, and 
again, that confidence, right? As I started to have success in my career and as it really started to take, I mean, I got super confident in it. And I think, again, people are attracted to me, to our firm because of that. I mean, I think, again, whatever your specialty is, whatever your thing is, when you're confident in that space, people, it just, it's, I believe an energy attracts energy. For sure. And it's attractive. It's such an attractive quality. Well, and and I agree with that 100%. It's like, again, goes back to when you take accountability, like that story you shared when that woman took accountability, it connected the whole room with her, you know? And again, like attracts like, you know what I mean? And we can all relate to, we all make mistakes. And it's great when someone just owns it. Yeah. Because we go, yeah, I've done that a thousand times, you know? Yeah, and again, I, I found with... Again, likes attracts likes, energy. I think whatever vibe, whatever energetic length, mm-hmm. you know, wavelength someone's vibing at, yeah. they're going to attract that wavelength. If someone's vibing at a different level, it they might bring them in, but they're not going to be able to stay there with them. And so, you know, I hear people saying like, I want to, I want to be with more people. I want to, mm-hmm. I want to raise the bar of the people yeah. I'm associated with. Well, in order to raise the bar of the people you're associated with, you got to raise your own bar. Exactly. What's wild is the answer to any of these issues or concerns that we have in our life. It's inside. It's an inside yeah. job. It's, an inside it's about job. nobody else. Yeah. And so again, when you peel the layers back of all the stuff that we deal with in our in our in our life and family, business, whatever it happens to be, you peel all the layers back. It's an inside job. It yeah, always is. I love that. I was speaking to a client this morning, Adam, where we were talking about this very thing. And it's interesting, when we actually start owning it and start working on the inside, people come out of the woodwork to help. It's 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 weird how that happens. It's when we play the victim and we don't do that stuff. It's, we feel like no one wants to help us. We feel isolated. But in reality, if we start doing it on the, for ourselves, people come out of the woodwork to help. 100%. Isn't that amazing? It's the, it's, and it's, I think, yeah. again, energy is so cool. all around us. Yeah. And you're, calling, you're in a way, when you start to own it, when you start to actually even, again, mirror work, as I mentioned earlier, when you actually yeah. start to speak it, it's wild. The power of manifestation. I'm such a, I'm a big believer in that. Yeah. And, and it's real. I've seen yeah. it work in my own life. I've seen it work in the life of countless others. For sure. It's, it's a, it's a mindset. It's a mindset. Love it. Well, if there's someone listening to you right now, Adam, who's in a really bad place, they're just struggling and they're listening to you this very moment, you've already shared some really wonderful things, but what's one thing you could share to this person right now who maybe feels lost? Yeah, hopeless. I think there's yeah. a good word that yeah. comes to mind. So, and I've been there mm-hmm. multiple more times than I can count. Yeah, I think again on my own journey and realizing it, we, um, I think, and I, and maybe the, I don't think this is just me. I think we tend to make things much bigger or much more severe than maybe they actually are. I mean, what do yeah. they say that most of the things we worry about don't ever come to fruition anyway? Yeah, was it Mark Twain that said, I spent most of my life worrying about things that never happened? Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? right? And that's, I mean, the amount of things that I've worried about over my lifetime, I can't even, I, that's been me. <laughs> I know, me too. So I feel yeah. like that person that's like struggling, that feels like no hope, that going back to what I said earlier, peel it all back. And it's hard because if you don't have the tools and you haven't done the work, it's hard to even see life this way. Yeah, but right. the truth of the matter is, is like, if I could say anything that it's like the answer's inside of us. Yeah. There is hope. There is a way to get through it. You just have got to, you, it, you have to look inward and, yeah. and, and seek out help and therapists and counselors and loved ones. And again, when I mentioned, I'm friends that check you, yeah. you know, if, if, for example, if someone's dealing with a, an addiction, a, a drug or an alcohol, the, the friends I'm talking about that are checking you, not the guys or men or women that are in there with you. It's like, right. you need the ones that are going to help pull you out of it. Yeah. Someone that 
loves you so much they're going to say the hard things that other yeah, people aren't. Right. And I've had several people in my life that have checked me. And when I get che- and I'm I respond to being checked actually pretty well. Like I yeah. I actually invited I wanted in my life. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's a mindset change. Okay. So, and the, one of the easiest steps I think to really start that process, at least for me, was to start writing down what you're grateful for. There's always something that we can find gratitude in. Yeah. Always. And I love when you said you're grateful for the stress. You're grateful for this challenge. You're grateful that I can't figure this out yet. I thought that was really cool that you said that. Yeah. And it, and it, and I can, and it sounds cheesy, but it works. Yeah. It really works. Well, and I agree with you and people, that's what keeps people to not do it. They might go, that sounds cheesy. And then they don't do it. They don't witness for themselves. Gratitude is the most powerful stimulant on the planet. I agree 100%. Yeah, so I love that you said that. And that's great advice for that one person who's struggling. Well, Adam, you're amazing. Um, I love what you're doing. I love your energy. I love your passion to make a difference. It's so cool that I look at your life. Life happened for you. You went through all these struggles to be in a position where you're doing this, you know, the, the Nugent Good News movement and and you're making a difference in people's lives. It's so fun to watch. In my daily gratitude journal, I, I again, I write things I'm grateful for. I write, yeah. I still write I am statements. I yeah. remind myself of how, how, you know, how cool and how great yeah. of a person I am. And it's like, and and people have, sometimes people have even a weird energy around that. But to me, it just it's it helps build my confidence. It helps me see me that. Um, but the other thing that I write down is what you just said. Life is happening for me, not to me. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Believe, I write it down. Every time I yeah. write in my journal, I write that phrase down. Yep. It's, it's, it, that is a game changer in itself, just understanding that. Yeah. It's beautiful. Well, if people want to reach out to you, Adam, they want to get to know you better, if they want to follow your podcast, if they want to uh, use your services for, fi- for their financial uh, car- you know, uh, situations and stuff, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, so I'm on... Adam Nugent, just my name with no spaces um, on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, our investment firm's foresightwealth.com. They can go there. Okay. Um, and then our good news platform is nugentgoodnews.com. And we're again, or Nugent Good News on any of the major social platforms. Beautiful. Well, I'll have that in all the show awesome. notes as well. So we'll, we'll tag it all. And, uh, but yeah, that's wonderful. And I, I encourage anyone listening to this, reach out to Adam if you have a question. He's obviously been through a lot in his life, but he's also been very successful at the same time. And I love that he lives by the mantra, life happens for me, not to me. Um, so please reach out to him. And and I, I would also challenge our listeners, if you have a loved one who's struggling, share this episode with them. If you're not sure how to talk to him or even break the ice, send him this and it'll break the ice a little bit. Because again, it's not, I mean, you're doing great things, but it's more about the the journey that you said, the self-love journey, man. It's so cool. Yeah, it's awesome. And yeah. I'm still on it. And yeah. I, it's, it's a, yeah. and it, it's gone from a daily battle to like, it's yeah. like, I'm just, I'm progressing along those lines. Yeah. And, and just to say with confidence, like, no, I love myself. And yeah. that's, you think most, I just think, I didn't realize how important that is to not only say, yeah. but to feel. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank yeah. you for being here, Adam. Thanks, Todd. I, Seriously. It's an honor. I appreciate it. Oh, Thanks man. for the opportunity. This, is, this has been so awesome. Thank you. Well, folks, there you go. I told you it was going to be another great episode, and it sure was. Adam Nugent. Please check him out. Um, you know, if you want to uh, know more about what we're doing here, go to beliefcast.com, and you can check out all the amazing guests that we've had on. Please uh, share, subscribe, download all that fun stuff. Thank you once again to my sponsors. I wouldn't be able to do this without you. And all of you listeners that tune in, thank you. Uh, Again, like uh, Adam so beautifully said about gratitude, I'm so grateful for you. And Adam, we're all grateful for you. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Okay, take care. Thanks, Todd.